Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another Lo-Fi Top 5. Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to start this off this week. What a great day it's going to be. So this week, we are diving into our Top 5 Guilty Pleasure Movies, which we defined as things that are just things that we like, but we probably shouldn't. Jeremy, how was putting your list together for you this week? Well, it was pretty easy to make a baseline list, but where I got a little hung up on was how far to lean into kind of the, is this really a guilty pleasure? Like, I don't really want people to know I like this movie versus a, let's call it a critically poorly received film, but has a lot of like uh, maybe a cult following or, or it's a fan favorite or something like that. So I, I and at the end of the day, I actually did a little of both. But I had a ton of fun putting this one together because I also put on the hat of I'm not going to look at this just through the, through the present day lens, but movies that have been guilty pleasures over my you know movie watching career, as it were. <laughs> and how about you? So very similar. So the, it was hard for me in two ways. One was, is this a guilty pleasure or is it just a movie I like? Because there were certain movies where I was like, I love this movie. And most people, I think, probably like this movie, which means it's not really a guilty pleasure, I think. So I, I had to do a little bit of rectifying that. And then the other one was just not making this purely like a nostalgic list. Because I started right. getting real nostalgia for a lot of stuff where I was like, ooh, oh, this, oh, this one, I forgot about. And then I was just like, a lot of these are just like movies that everybody loves. <laughs> so Right. <laughs> I had another lens too. I think this is where, where sort of you're hinting at, which is if it's nostalgia, but if I've seen it recently, like like an example would be Tron, which we talked about a few weeks ago, would have, I don't even know if it would have been guilty pleasure because it's one of those movies I grew up on and thinking like, oh, everybody's loved this movie without realizing it had like, I don't know, 28 or something on Metacritic. Right. And then I watched it a few weeks ago and I'm like, Oh, this has to stay in the nostalgia file for me. I can't, it does not hold up. So, so for that example, by the way, Tron is not in today's list pong anywhere because I, I don't know, maybe I ruined it for myself. It's still going to be a favorite. I'll never forget it and all that, but it now became a little harder to call it a guilty pleasure. If that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. And I'm actually excited because there's one that is in my top five that falls, that has a similar vein to this but went to the other side where I was like, no, 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 this one is even though, cause Tron, I think people like Tron. Like, it's not like it's like a obscure movie you like. It's a movie that people like, but whether it's guilty pleasure or not, I had a very similar one. Um, so I'm very excited. Speaking of excited, uh, last week I was robbed of one of my favorite things in our top five, which is your spreadsheet rubric. Am I back? Do I have a rubric this week? JT, I, I really regret not having a spreadsheet for us last week. So this week, not only did I have a spreadsheet, I actually made a different formula just to try to like regrain some of that hallowed, hallowed turf that I had with you. So I hope, hope this week's production work on the spreadsheet will reflect in the uh, quality of the, uh, the recording here today. Oh, Captain, my Captain, I'm, I'm happy to have you back. All right, here we go. So here are the categories. There's, I, even the first one's kind of wonky. They all get a little wonky this week. The first one's the movie itself. But I tried to take a slightly different lens than a 
purest how great is this movie actually because again many of these are guilty pleasures so sort of in this I don't know the spirit of the guilty pleasure. Where did it? Where does it land as a movie? But still, like not overscoring a bad movie. Right. Okay. And then I have the cast, which always has to be here. And then I have an inverse relationship on the Metacritic and IMDb scores. So okay. I use the Metacritic score to reflect critic reviews, and I use the IMDb score to reflect like fan fandom. And then I penalized anything that got too high. Oh, I love this. So it's like a, how badly did they do on IMDb or Metacritic? Got it. And I have years since I've last watched it, to the best of my knowledge. Fair. I thought that was reflective of a, of a thing. Like, is it a current guilty pleasure or an older guilty pleasure? I have an estimate as to how many times I've watched it. <laughs> okay. And then I put a final score, which really was like a clincher. How embarrassed will I be to talk about this movie on today's podcast? That's a very good one. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest. The highest anything gets here. Actually, the highest ones ended up in Pong because I realized they aren't pleasury enough. Like, they're movies right. I enjoyed and had fond feelings for, but not like, ooh, I got to put this on right now kind of thing. Totally fair. That makes sense. And the scoring this week goes from a 44.25 all the way up to a 70.95. All right. So we've got a good, we've got a, like a nice chasm this week in, in the rubric. JT, have I made up for, uh, for my wrongdoings? I feel really good about that. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's an inverse corollary. I'm in. I'm so game. <laughs> Oh, there's also some like there's some uh, uh, conditional formatting happening to help me make sense of it all. It's we're we're having a blast in spreadsheet land. That's that's the only way that I want it. Uh, okay, so with all that said, let's get started. This week, do you have a Shawshank, my friend? Sir, I don't have one Shawshank, and I don't have two Shawshanks, but I have Trace Shawshanks. Okay, I'm fascinated. I have none. None. Not one. Not one. Nope. All right. Well, here we go then. Let's do it. Sure. (laughs) Sorry, I'm chuckling at myself because I have to get this one right. The first one. (laughs) Adolescent amniote pugilists classified pelagite. All right. So somebody's boxing. Right. I heard pugilist in there. Pugilist, just just so we're clear, does not strictly mean boxing. It's a bit more general as a term. Okay, so fighting. Uh, what else did you say? You want it one more time? Yeah, let's do that again. It's worth it, I think. I think, JT, okay. I think it's worth it. Five words. Adolescent. Okay. Amniote. Definitely sure. not a word you know. Nor I. That's, that's the Googles for you. Pugilist. Classified. Pelagite, which is also a new word for me for the week. Is this the Karate Kid? No. All right. I'll, I'll give you a hint again with adolescent and classified. I think if you play with those two words alone, you might just get it. So Maybe. somebody who is somebody who is classified as a teenager or youth, a youth, as they say. No, you got one of the words already. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle: Secret of the Use. 
Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> a turtle is an amniote, and ooze, uh, another word for ooze is pelagite. Okay, so I'm, I would have thought this would have been in the Alpha Deus category, but I'll take it as a Shawshank. <laughs> Second, roller skating muses inspire poets' love. Santa do. Correct. How can we not have them as the Shawshank for the category of guilty pleasures when we've defined these two movies as our guilty pleasures? That's fair. They just have to be there. That's fair. Now, the last one, I think it belongs as a Shawshank. We'll see what you think. Here are my five words. Blucher. B. Oh, yeah. Causeheads. Yep, got this. This is a piece of Sanskrit and Pampers. Yeah, you had me at Blucher. It's a yachting shoe. This is PCU. <laughs> it is. I figured I figured for both of us, like, look, everybody who's seen it as of a certain generation loves this movie, but it's definitely not, you know, it's not a great movie. Like, Phil, it's not no. a film. <laughs> no, it most certainly is not. Yeah, so I, so... Xanadu's I actually thought you might have as an Alpha Deus. Uh, I knew that I would get dragged for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even though literally it's from the episode where I said movies I probably shouldn't rewatch because I haven't seen it in 20 plus years. You love it and we all know it. That's fine. Me, yeah. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) If this podcast ever gets humongous, you're going to have to live with Lots and lots of prior art of you being the internet's biggest fan of this. I think you should just own it, buddy. I think you should just fully reverse on it and like learn some quotes from it. And Listen, of all the movies that you can attach yourself to, that's not the, the most embarrassing one to pick. There's much worse. Fair, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, PCU for us is absolutely a Shawshank just because it is, to your point, and listen, I think that was kind of like the theme of this was – these are not particularly good. They're not particularly terrible, but they're not good. But you loved it. And like one of the anchoring facts for me was if it's on, do I kind of have to watch it for a while? And not because like, oh, Godfather 2 is on. I should watch Godfather 2. But like kind of like that you look around and be like, is anybody going to notice if I watch the rest of this? I'm going to watch the rest of this again. Like right. that was kind of like the anchoring thought. PCU couldn't be higher on the list than that. How, how are my five? See, I was trying to figure out five words that would be references to the movie that I knew you would get, but maybe not get right away. And I, I, I was concerned that Blucher would be a little, little too yeah. close. It's a yachting show, of course. I. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So now that we've done Shawshank, I don't have any. I'm happy with all three of those. PCU, I think, being the ultimate Shawshank, could probably make an argument the other two should be Alpha Deus. Do you have an Alpha Deus though? JT, I have not one and not two. <laughs> <laughs> but I have three Alpha Deuses. Okay. I only have one, so why don't you go with two of yours first? Okay. Martial Arts Tournament plus Highlander. Karate Kid? No. No, Martial Arts Tournament plus Highlander. Uh, the plus Highlander's throwing me off. Maybe with Highlander would have been a better one? Okay, I don't know. I'm not picking this up. Highlander was uh, Christopher Lambert, who is in Mortal Kombat. Oh, guilty pleasure, Mortal Kombat. That totally, I totally forgot that you love Mortal Kombat. And that I love Mortal Kombat. 
Forgot all about that. Okay, totally fair. Yeah, that's and that's I wanted to Alpha Deus it because it's we've talked about it a few times. I don't want to talk about it. I I I cannot yet wax more poetic about the art of Mortal Kombat. Second, <laughs> here's what I write. Good luck, my friend. Operetta. Amadeus. No, Pirates oh, of that's Penzance. That's a really good movie. Pirates of Penzance. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Which for an operetta on it's fun and it's campy, but again, it's not like it ain't no Hamilton. It ain't no, it most certainly isn't. <laughs> but I love it. And again, per your thing, if that's on, if I if I knew it was on right now, I'd just turn it on and watch and 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 guilty pleasure, I would sing along. Straight oh, up. Boy. Oh yeah. Bad like, like a live event. I wanna I want us to do a live show where you just you just sing Pirates of Penzance for everybody. It sounds perfect. I can do most of the major general song. I'm just, I'll just have you know that. I believe you. Peter <laughs> Patter. I'll say that much. All right, you have one of your own. Let's hear it. I do. Drive fast, act bad. Is it the entire Fast and Furious franchise? No, but that would have been funny. <laughs> is it one of them? Uh, no, it's not. This is. Uh, it's gone oh, in sixty seconds. Gone. In, that would have been my next guess. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last one, and again, th- just like the Pirates of Penzance, way I don't, I can't think of clues for you because I know you haven't seen it. So I'll just, I'll try to get you there. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. Oh, I am not going to remember the name of this, but this is actually of all the Would You Watches, this is a movie I really, really want to watch, and I can't remember the name of it right now. It's called Running Scared, and Running Scared. I just want to be there when you watch it. So that's that's. That's how guilty pleasure it is. If you were to text me at almost any time of day or night and be like, dude, I'm watching Writing Scared right now, I'm throwing it on. Okay. I love it. Yeah. So that that literally is, of all the stuff that you've done, that one is the one I want to watch the most. Because even just watching the trailer, I was laughing. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, that's going to be fun. We should have a whole bracket of, of the ones that I recommended and that you watched, how you hey, rank them all. March is, is coming up. March is coming up. We'll talk. All right. <laughs> Because I'm curious about this versus Wildcats for comedy. Breaking Away, I think, still is the best movie I will recommend it to you. But uh, I think between this and Wildcats, I'm curious which one you'll end up liking more. Okay. Uh, All right. So with that being said, I think it's time to get into the top five, my friend. And I think this week it's it's your turn. It is my turn. And I've really struggled at the right order for these because I have one that almost I almost wanted to Shawshank it. And now I'm not sure if I want to lead with it or end with it. I think I want to end with it. Okay. I think I'm going to end with it. All right, here we go. So, so July 21st, 1989, with a Metacritic score, wait for it, 32, and a Jeremy adjusted spreadsheet of 65.5. Remember, on a scale as high as 70.95. She's up there. Directed by one J, I believe it's pronounced Levy. It's spelled L-E-V-E-Y. Levy, Levy. I've never seen the name spelled that way before. So, this is, by the way, the only movie this person has ever directed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so far, I have nothing. Keep going. But I'll give you a minor clue. He's directed many music videos. So we'll just okay. 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 It, it the cast includes Fran Drescher. Okay. You know who she is, right? Of course I do. Yeah. Okay. Getty Watanabe. Do you know who he is? I do. Okay. And Victoria Jackson. I don't know who she is. 
She was SNL. I'm going to go with if I if I had to guess, I would say like 88 to 93. Like okay, so like the the Phil Hartman Chris Rock era. Pre, uh, I think right before Chris Rock made the scene, it's like Phil Hartman, uh, John Lovitz, Dana Carvey, got uh, it, Hooks, okay, Nora Dunn, okay, Um, Kevin Nealon. Kevin, he he was on the show for like a hundred years. I I still don't know what this is. All right, here's your five words. Reluctant hero saves favorite mop. 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 As as in the utensil which cleans floors, mop. Yeah, pretty sure that's the first time that word has been uttered on the podcast. Mop. 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 Um, A reluctant hero... I'm trying to think of why somebody would save a mop. <laughs> like, is this like a comedy? There's like there's a that's a there's some comedy folks in this. I don't know, man. I got nothing. I'll go with the alternate five words I was gonna use, but I was worried it was too much a giveaway. But this will be on that borderline. But uh, Stanley Spadowski saves the day. Oh, Spadowski is. Uh, oh gosh. I oh gosh, I can feel our listeners yelling right now, but I got nothing. What 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 I know the name. What is it? It's UHF. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Weird Al Yankovic. That's right. And, and so that guy I was mentioning, Jay Levy, directed all of his music videos. Oh, okay. Did a 30-minute MTV special called Al TV, which I remember seeing, but I can't tell you anything about it. And I guess was uh Maybe it's Weird Al's best friend or something. I don't know, but he did the movie. Okay, good for them, I guess. I have seen this movie. You've seen it, right? I have. All right, so it's ridiculous. Like, nothing makes sense. It's it's like the plot of Major League, where like the the owner of the team is actually trying to, to, to take the team. But in the most ridiculous version of it ever, the the characters are all caricatures in every way. But I love it. I, it's so quotable. Getty Watanabe's performance in this is the pinnacle of Getty Watanabe doing Getty Watanabe. Like <laughs> he owns this one so well. He's so in. He, I love watching him. By the way, I find him like he's a, just seems like a really endear. I I hope he's a good person. Like he just seems like that's a guy I would I would want to hang out with. Uh, anyhow, I don't know if Weird Al is a particularly good actor. I don't think anybody in the cast is a particularly good actor or actress, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It shows some of the height of late eighties movie making where again, stuff just was a little bonkers and didn't make that much sense, but yet it was great to watch. And I haven't seen this one. My estimate is uh, about five years since I've last seen it, but I want to watch it again really soon. Uh, this is a great pick. I, it's a little, it's a little early for me in '89. Like I've seen this, I've seen it probably, probably two or three times. Like I have seen this before because it is like a, it's this is a really fun sort of like ridiculous movie that's like a good time to watch. Uh, I cannot imagine that Getty Watanabe is not like probably one of the nicest people on the planet. He just has to be. He has to. I be. hope so. Right. I refuse. I refuse to accept anything other than that. Would uh, you know like be great? You know, it'd be great, like a fictional get it, the Getty Watanabe story, where like they they show stuff and he's just like a jerk, and like they make him <laughs> out, <laughs> and like you get him in on the game. It's maybe like a like a like a YouTube short, like a it's like a Vimeo nine minute kind of thing. Uh, 
be perfect. I, I think this is a totally underrated comedy, by the way. Again, not a good movie. Some good comedic acting. It's Michael Richards at his near best, uh, which we which is definitely better than his near worst because that's pretty low. But his near best is pretty high. Yeah. (laughs) And there is, in fact, a scene where he goes to save his mop. Got it. Okay. Yeah, this is this one's not nearly strong enough in my memory to be able to pull out from the very good clues, by the way, but just not a thing I would have had. But it's a fun pick. This is a fun pick. I will attempt to start quoting from this movie with you regularly moving forward because it's, again, in that weird, weird place in my memory where I can quote from liberally. Like, That's great. Fair enough. The wheel, oh. the wheel of Fish sequence alone. <laughs> the, the Wheel of Fish you have quoted to me before. Uh, so I'm not overly surprised that this is on your list and it's a good pick. I like it. Thanks, man. All right. We can, we can move on from channels 13 and up. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. I'll, I'm going to start with what I think I've – I've kind of hinted that this might be here and I think, you know, it's coming this week. So I'm just going to get it out of the way because it's the only one that I think is like kind of obvious if you've been paid, paying attention to some subtext in the last five weeks of lists. So June 30th, 2006 with the highest uh, 62 on Metacritic, which is actually respectable. June 30th, 2006. Okay. So this is in that like Apatow era. It's in, yes, it's in that era. Okay. I will give you Adrian Grenier and Daniel Sunjata. And it's not Entourage the movie? It is not. So he was actually in some other movie. He was. Does he play himself in the movie? He does not. Okay. Ooh, this is interesting. And who's the second actor? Daniel Sunjata? No idea. I'm 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 going... The, the four mains are pretty much giveaways. I hear you. So what's my five words? Five words. Journalist becomes assistant, becomes bougie. Journalist becomes assistant. I'm feeling like something like Devil Wears Prada. Nailed is it. it Devil, is it Devil Wears Prada? Nailed it. All yes. right. Yeah, good job. And, and I don't think I would have gotten it if you had not made the earlier pretext that this might be, this was sort of hovering because you had talked about it recently. And so I, I it was sort of like hovering in my air. It, it was in my, like the, the airspace there. Yeah. So last episode or the one before you like picked on me a little bit and said, I don't think I could quote Devil's Wear Prada. Well, let me tell you something, Jer. I can. I can. <laughs> All right. Did you already? And I didn't even pick it up? I No, not yet. <laughs> So Meryl Streep, Anne Hathaway, Emily Blunt, Stanley Tucci. Those are the four big names in this. And all four of them are absolutely brilliant in this. This movie for me is is actually more interesting than I think it gets credit for. Because this is a subculture. High fashion is like it's a whole other world that all of us exist around-ish, right? Like, you know, like hot couture and there's all these weird things and everybody knows Gucci stuff. But it's not like a thing. It's a thing. And it's this whole other world. And this was kind of a look into that world. So Miranda Presley, who is really based on Anna Wintour, who's the head of Vogue, right? Like this, she watched it and she was like, she loved it. Everybody's like, oh, she's going to hate this. It's like kind of nasty. She's like, I love how decisive Meryl Streep is. Like, it's very funny. Like, there's a lot of like little stuff like that. But what I think is more impressive in this is like, 
it's it is fun. It's got all this sort of like weird rom commy nonsense, but it's it's also like a really honest look at like maturing and self discovery and relationships and like growth in a very approachable sort of like fun, like Saturday afternoon rainy kind of way, which I think it doesn't get enough credit for. Like it's a really, it's an archetype. This became a bunch of other movies after it because 2006 is longer ago than I want to admit. So if you watch Emily in Paris, which is blowing up on Netflix right now, it's just a worse version of this that they've turned into a TV show. I, I, I haven't seen that show. I've, I, it's on the, it's on one of the lists because everything's on the list. But uh, I I totally get what you're saying also about the the look into that subculture. Like the the truth is everything has its subculture that most of us don't even have any clue into. So I, I like that you're uh, you're tapping into that. And I don't I don't know that this is a I wouldn't call this a super embarrassing pick. I think I think it definitely is in is like generationally it's fully your wheelhouse. I would assume. Like it, it is. However, the one thing which I, which I will say, which I know isn't probably fair because of gender stereotypes, but like this is a quote unquote chick flick. Right. Right. So for, for like John Krasinski is on record as saying that he's seen this like 75 times. Right. Well, and he's, he, isn't he married to the lead? He's Well, not the lead. He's married to Emily Blunt who plays one of the, oh, right, like, right. she's a great character, but he had seen this long before they were married. And like huh. it gets quoted around them all the time. And it was like, he got poked fun of when he admitted that he saw it all the time. But he's like, I love this movie. He's like, it's a great movie. She's great in it. And Hathaway's great in it. But it is, it doesn't fit the sort of standard. Like if you're sitting at a bar watching football on a Sunday and then like a commercial for this comes on and you quote it, I don't think people are going to be like, oh, cool. He's a big fan. I think they'd be like, did you just That's quote? Well said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, first, nobody would know a thing because they wouldn't even understand that you had quoted it. But if you were then be like, you know that that's from the movie that the ad's for, right? Then right. people will be like, I'm going to go sit over there, pal. Yeah, they'd be, it would be weird. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I have absolutely no qualms about being on record that I think Devil Wears Prada is not only fun but aggressively underappreciated for the story it tells. Love it. I actually <laughs> had one in my list of a similar kind of. Um, not genre, but the same sort of the same way that that it'd be more. It's it's more funny that I like it than whether or not people like it. Yeah, fair. I love that. Didn't didn't quite make my top five though. So October tenth, nineteen eighty six. Oh boy. Okay. With a Metacritic of fifty two, a spreadsheet score of sixty four. This may be in the category of movies you've never seen. I don't know. Okay. Directed by Penny Marshall. Love Penny Marshall. It's her first movie directing. Check out what she does. Her next three movies are Big, Awakenings, and League of Their Own. Okay. Pretty, Pretty good. Pretty impressive. Right? Yeah. Here are three of the cast members I'm happy to share with you at this time. Annie Potts. Okay. Who is the, uh, you know who Annie Potts is, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Carol Kane, who I believe you like very much. I do. And Jonathan Price. Who at this time is like, this is like Brazil Jonathan Price. So it's like baby Price. Right. So, I, okay. We don't talk about Jonathan Price nearly enough. No, we don't apparently. <laughs> uh, okay. I know all those people. Uh, Jonathan Price is great. Penny Marshall's lovely. Uh, I have no idea what this is. Probably not. All right. Spy meets Banker. Actually, let me fix that real quick. Banker meets spy, invents iMessage. 
Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yes! I love this movie! (laughs) I do too. And when I did the... All right, Jeremy, how many times do you think you've seen Jumpin' Jack Flash? I wrote down 12. But if the numbers... If it were double that, I wouldn't be like... If, if at the gates of heaven, part of what they do is chronicle how much time you spent watching movies and what they were, I Jumping Jack Flash would be visible on the pie chart. Well, just it, it's not in the other. It doesn't. It's not in the end. The rest category. It's got its own little slice of the the movie watching pie. I watched this so many times as a kid. Don't know why. Like I don't know if it was on if we owned it on videotape or it's just always on TV. But I remember even at the time watching the way they would chat and you heard the voices. And I, you know, I knew, like, I was like, okay, the voice is it. She's just sort of talking to herself. But at the same time, the real-time nature of it, you'd watch the cursor blinking, and that's exactly what iMessage does now. Yeah. So I love Jumping Jack Flash. I haven't seen it probably in 25 years would be a guess. I wonder if it holds up. I kind of don't want to see it just in case it doesn't, but I kind of want to see if it does. You know, I think... First of all, this is an epic pick, and I'm actually bummed out that I didn't think of this. I really do. I have seen this movie, I would bet between five and ten, for sure. For sure. I, I, For some reason, I feel like it would hold up because I feel like it's so firmly placed in the time it's in. Right. Like, right? You don't need to say this ha- – what, what did I say? 1986? You don't have to say back in 1986. Like – Right, yeah. and they and they also weren't like jumping the shark of technology. It wasn't like like maybe at the time it was, but they didn't make it so futuristic that they're like, oh boy, this doesn't track. It would just be like watching a weird documentary. Like I kind of feel like they like they could just be like, this is a true story from 1986 and Whoopi Goldberg before she met Ted Danson, and you just be like okay, and like you could probably watch it that way. And, you know, the tech was close to right. Like there was chat. Like I. I recognize the terminals they were using because we had them in our school and there were sort of a chat experience, just more like that someone working in a bank would probably not accidentally touch, touch base with someone who's a spy somewhere else in the world. So that, that was the, that part was like this, the, the, the stretchy part. Um, The other thing I found by the way, you want to know how it got here? I just happened to be listening to David Tennant's podcast with Whoopi Goldberg this week. Oh, that's fine. And I was like, oh my gosh, jump. I haven't thought about that movie in 20 odd years. And I had to go find something and write it down so that I would not forget. And then I kind of knew in that moment that it was going to make my top five here because I love the movie. I know it's not well received. The The 52 Metacritic's not, not terrible, but... It sure ain't, it, it can't be a good film. I know that much. I hope it's still a fun comedy. Yeah, it's definitely a fun comedy. And it doesn't like, that's low. It feels low to me, but also like it's, a, it's it, that was not made for critics. So it doesn't surprise me that the critics scored it low. Uh, that's a great pick, dude. That's a great pick. Thanks, bud. All right. So my next one is the only one that I think there might be a little contention about, but that's okay. We're going to roll with it anyway. So November 24th, 1993 with a 58 on Metacritic. November 93. Yep. Okay. I'll give you Pierce Brosnan and Matthew Lawrence. I don't even know who Matthew Lawrence is, sir. Good. 
That was the intent. Should I? Oh, yeah, okay. you know who he is. I do. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Nothing? Here's Brosnan, though. 93? I, I want to guess that it might be like, it's, is it Mrs. Doubtfire? Desperate Dad Dupes Descendants. Mrs. Doubtfire. Wow. What was my, is he the kid? Is Lawrence the kid? Yeah. So Matthew Lawrence is Matthew and Joey. Joey Lawrence was the whoa kid from all the 90s sitcoms. Matthew was his better looking brother that was actually a decent actor that then retired from acting. It was a whole thing. More of a teen beat my age sort of deal. But yes, he was a big thing. Are you trying to claim whoa as one of your guys? Because no, whoa is he's one of your, my guys. Yeah. He's a you guy. Matthew Lawrence is a my guy. Okay. You, you can have him. Uh, that's fine. All right, thanks. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. This is the one that I really struggled with. So first of all, the fact that it's a 58 on Metacritic, like whatever. Again, it's a comedy. I'm sure they didn't take it seriously. Uh, it felt low. It felt like way too low. This is probably a good time too. Like I don't have – like 70 was my cutoff. If you had anything above a 70, I just decided that you were way too good. Everything is basically below a 50 with like two exceptions that I let sneak in because I felt like they were close enough. Um, I My absolute highest on the entire list is a 60 even. Okay. So this one, I just felt like, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia for this for me. The movie is wrought with issues. Like it's not brilliant, right? Like first of all, it's their dad. You could tell, like you could for sure tell. Number one, hinky plot point. Oh, hey, that's dad. <laughs> like that doesn't work. Movie logic seems to favor that it only takes a small amount of costuming to dupe loved ones, right? Starting with Clark Kent. Clark Kent, right. As like the all-time worst example of, oh, so you got a fake nose and glasses and a mustache, huh? But you're right. Like there's no way that they do not nearly instantly recognize uh, the, the husband, the, the which parent, husband, friend, whatever. Yeah, even like neighbor. Like you're telling me this dude's like out in public with these kids on a regular basis and nobody's like, are you, Dan? Is that, is that yeah. you, Dan? I don't know if that's his name, but whatever. Uh, so anyway, I also feel like this is one of those universally loved movies, which is why like it might not be considered a guilty pleasure, but I am considering it a guilty pleasure because I think it might be a little generational. And, and here's, here's my sort of major pitch for why it's a guilty pleasure. So this movie meant a lot to me and kids my age, I think, because at least where I was living in 1993, like the idea of non-traditional families was still not super chill. Right. And to have like Robin Williams and Sally Field approach it and do it the way they did it and make it funny and, and, and kind of like talk about it, it just was really important. And for some reason, if I had a rubric, importance would have this would have been pushed above a lot of the other stuff. So even though I could argue that maybe this isn't a guilty pleasure because I don't know that I know anybody who hates this movie. And I definitely wouldn't be overly embarrassed to say that I like it. The pull of if it's on, like where it brings me and what it meant to me at, at a time in place makes it guilty pleasure-ish because it's like there is no way I'm not watching more of this if it's on, even though I know every joke. As an adult, it's not that funny. Most of the like most of the romp here is less believable. As you get older, you're, you're not like, ha-ha. You're like, yeah, right. But it, that's what makes it a guilty pleasure now for me is that I don't care. I can see past – all of the, 
Your kids would recognize you. You should have been fired. I'm pretty sure what you did is a felony. Forget all that stuff. Like I can see all, all of that now, even in my current view, I still want to watch this movie beyond all those things, which makes it guilty. I think that's fair. I think, I think your definition is sound here. It's you're right. It's not a guilty pleasure in the sense that nobody's going to be like, how could you possibly like that movie? Right. Right. But your affinity to it, in other words, you like it possibly more than most of us might, where I might be like, yeah, yeah, it was cute. It's fine. I've seen it a couple of times. And you're like, no, no, no. I like this movie a bunch. It's really good. I'm going to watch it again. I think that's the, the, the defining line there. And okay, good. I will say, though, Run by Fruiting is still one of the best <laughs> lines of anything ever. Dude, it's actually like it's highly quotable. Like I, I do the oh hello a lot, but for no reason. Like there's just a lot of like little. It's silly. Listen, Robin Williams is brilliant. Anything, even his worst movies had moments of brilliance because of who he was. Right. Uh, but this is one of those ones where like this is a suck you in movie for me, and it's, it's not I, that I don't think it's true for most people. I think most people be like, oh look, Mr. Doubtfire's on, and then they'd keep going. I'd be like, oh look, Mr. Doubtfire's on, and then I'd probably watch it. Yeah, I would be like, is it the kitchen scene? Oh, it's not. Okay, let's go. Yeah, fair. Fair for yeah. fair. Uh, by the way, only nits on your Robin Williams comment, other than that one, what was it, the dad of the year? That movie is nothing. <laughs> that We've We're, talked about that before. Not a, not fair. That's a bad, yeah. I got duped. <laughs> can, we, can we just, let's just remove it from Robin Williams' canon. It's just, it's like, a, it's a, it's fan fiction. It's not a, yeah, it's, it's not a real just, movie. What a brutal, what a, what a yeah. brutal, brutal movie. No, I think that's, I think that's a fun pick. There's actually a lot to read about, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, as it's very signature to a lot of people, as the one of the end of the family-friendly live-action movies, right? Because yeah. that was when Disney's Renaissance took over, and that's all we got. That's all we've gotten ever since. Although yeah. we did just watch, um, and I don't think it hits guilty pleasure level because it just wasn't actually that good. Was uh, we just watched We Bought a Zoo, and oh, that yeah. was like that was certainly family-friendly. Definitely not as common. Not as comedic as it needed to be nor as dramatic that that's what's wrong with it just sort of misses in all most beats but it's a fun movie to watch with the kids fair enough yeah i I remember liking that movie and thinking i wish this was either funnier or more serious but it wasn't i agree it wasn't enough of either one of those things to be categorized well in my brain yeah fair enough all right i'm i'm gonna go down here i've saved my what i would say are the most embarrassing picks for the last two. So this will be the last, the last one that I think most people will be like, yeah, I, I see why he picked that and, and be okay with it. June 27th, 1990 okay. with a Metacritic score of 60 and a spreadsheet adjusted score. It's 70.95. So top on the list. Wow. Cause remember the list doesn't, the, the rubric does not necessarily reflect if it's the most guilty pleasure. It's just more of, yeah. You know, math. It's just really math. That's all. It's just math. That's all it is. Uh, and and the the fact that the it wasn't too embarrassing, it didn't get enough points. I, I, I you know my formula was not perfect, JT. That's okay. It's, it's a work in progress. We appreciate it. All right. Here's what I've got for the cast in an attempt to not make it obvious: Fred Thompson, okay. Randy Quaid, and John C. Riley. Oh boy, I love John C. Riley. I so, know this is going to be interesting, and I think he has probably like a super bit part because, like, I I barely remember him in the movie, barely. Yeah, Another oh, super bit part. He's he's a recurring, like, he's in the background a lot, but okay. he doesn't speak too much. 
1990 is a baby John C. Riley, though. Uh, I got nothing yet, so let's let's do the five words. Least convincing racing romance ever. Least convincing racing romance. Okay, so 1990 and racing. So Days of Thunder came out in the 80s. Is this Days of Thunder? This is Days of Thunder, 1990. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so this is about Cole Trickle. John C. Riley was in Days of Thunder and was in the Ricky Bobby story, and I never put that together until just now. Guess not. He was uh I don't know what he was, but I can now picture it a little bit. He was one of the one of the He's guys a pit who crew. Helped, Yeah, he helps build the car or something. Yeah, he was like the mechanic on the pit crew. I am totally seeing yeah. this now. I've never put that together before, and that is absolutely hysterical. And I really thought this was from like eighty eight. Uh okay. Go ahead. Cole trickle me. That is a great, terrible movie. This is like, this might be the, this might be like the, the pinnacle of movies that you know aren't good and you can't, like this is a, if this is on, this is a TNT classic. I am watching this every time. Again, super quotable. Rubbin's racing. Yeah. Uh, Drive right through it. You can drive right through it. Like all of those scenes. This is the movie where I first was exposed to Robert Duvall. So how criminal is that? Yeah. <laughs> like, like how insulting is it to Mr. Duval that if I were to meet him on the street and he'd be like, Hey, let's hang out for a few hours. What do you want to let's you want you want to talk to me about every movie? Cause I'm happy to. I'd be like, Yeah, man, let's do it. And he'd be like, Well, where do we start? Thank goodness today it would be, well, we of course start with the Godfather. But back in like 1990, I'd be like, Well, Days of Thunder, of course, your best work, your crowning achievement. <laughs> <laughs> like it's literally top gun but worse in cars yeah and i'm here for all of that because i i love cars and i like the character that tom cruise plays in every movie a lot and this is a great version of that character and uh robert duvall was basically remade as a car in the movie cars which is basically just this but animated and uh Crazy. it's brilliant yeah I, I i love this movie Everybody in it's great. I think it was like the first time we had seen Carrie Elwes since Princess Bride. And so also also watching like the like one of everybody's favorite heroes of all time be this like cheating race car driver with a weird southern accent. I I, I think I could do a whole hour on Days of Thunder. I, I think I can. I have it in my notes that I think I've watched this at least 15 times. Because oh, wow. back well this is like right as I was going off to college. So again, we had TNT in the dorm. So every Sunday, I think we watched this thing and I'm not even going to talk about Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise for any more than what I just said, because they're not worth it. Uh, and, and, and also how about Michael Rooker? The, uh, what was his name in Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, He's the guy who plays uh, the blue face dude in Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, oh my god, he is! Oh, I never, I totally forgot. I haven't seen this movie in a very long time. I totally forgot he was around. That's right. Oh no, he was. So his character is Rowdy Burns in this, but in um, he's in a Whistler, G- it was Yondu. Yondu, yeah, the whistle. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Ah, <laughs> I, I don't think I think when if we were to do an episode of like actors, when you really think about it, that, you just haven't seen that much, but you kind of would love to see a lot more of them. I got Michael Rooker and Clancy Brown as probably my top two guys. Clancy Brown's like the 
one of the, the sheriff or the warden or something in uh, Shawshank. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is a great pick. This is a great pick. And I, I, I would like, I, I think I, I had it too, but I just, I really thought this was an 80s thing. I don't remember this leading into the 90s. Uh, but it's great. Well, there you go. Great pick. All right, what you got for number three? All right, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. So I'm getting into the aggressively more embarrassing territory. This one is my last of the least embarrassing, but it's, it is embarrassing also, but in a different way. So this is November 19th, 2004, with a 39 on that old Metacritic. Okay, so your last one was 06, so a little before before the Prada. Okay. Uh, let's do... It's tough. Um, Christopher Plummer and Harvey Keitel. Wow. Christopher Plummer is in a movie with Harvey Keitel, you're saying. Yes, I feel like I, I feel like I've already like I'm picture I I think I'm going to get there. All right, let me let's get the five words. So the only five words that I have is a dead giveaway, but I I just want to say the five words anyway. Steal the Declaration of Independence. There we go. <laughs> so it's not Book of Secrets. It's not Book of Secrets. No, because you like you like Book of Secrets slightly more than the original, if I'm not mistaken. I, equally, I just like that there was more Riley in the second one, and I like that uh, our friend Edward. I can't think. Why can't I think of his name right now? Burns? Oh no, who was the bad guy in that movie? In Sean the second Dean? One? No, in the second one. I don't know. I, I apologize. I, I my my uh, my movie knowledge of. National Treasure 2 Book of Secrets is pretty low. I only saw the once. He's great. Uh, anyway, uh, this movie's terrible. It, like, it's it's not a good movie at all. Like, there's so much wrong with this, like, from the beginning to the end. But there's also a, the the rough cut of the original was four hours, and I want to see all four hours of it. Was it really? Yeah. I don't think, by the way, I don't, I, I'm not letting you get away with saying it's terrible. It's 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 definitely not terrible, as in, in the pantheon of action movies, it's okay. Well, let me define terrible. Okay. Almost every single thing that occurs in this movie is impossible. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to talk yeah, about yeah. Hinky from beginning to end? No, just correct. Nope. <laughs> Big bag and no. None of this. Not even in the. Ooh, they've taken some liberties. No, 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 no. This is just straight up not happening at all in any world, in any parallel universe. Not a thing. What about those glasses, though? The glasses? Tick, 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 tick. Dude, there's so much fun stuff. <laughs> so stupid and fun. I just love I Like, the fact that this was the first filming allowed in the Philadelphia's Independence Hall makes me laugh so hard. Like, what lie did they have to tell to be like, we're making something that's historically important? And they're like, are you? Because Nick Cage, by the way, on a scale of one to full Nicolas Cage, we're only in the six or seven range in this movie. Max. Absolute yeah. max. Like, pretty no, mild. This is six. mild Cage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, this is a reined in Cage. This is a, it's been a decade since I made The Rock and I need to roll it back just a touch again. Yeah, this is like, this is restaurant salsa cage. We're not anywhere in the, we're not getting hot at all. This is totally, totally medium. Muy caliente. <laughs> it's a fun pick. I think, I, I think it, I think it's sitting there right next to Days of Thunder, right? It's one of those action movies, 
most of it, most of the plot would fail under most scrutiny, but you just sort of can't stop watching it. Like, I just can't tell, again, TNT, I can't tell you the amount of times that this is like, if I had to count the amount of times I've seen now, again, not all the way through, but this is one of those movies, man, if it's on and it's like a third of the way or two thirds of the way through and I've got time, it's happening. I just, it's every time I watch it, it gets sillier and sillier and I laugh harder and harder and I enjoy myself the whole time. The whole time. You know what, you know what would make this movie slightly better? As much as I like Sean Bean, and I like Sean Bean very much. You know who would be a really good antagonist for this movie in particular? Billy Zane. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> and I don't want to horseshoe him in, force fit him in, whatever. But I kind of feel like, think about it. It's like two years after Titanic. He could have easily taken that role. Oh, no. This would have worked. Like this actually, that's a good fit. Billy Zane totally could have played that role. Dot com. That's, <laughs> that's, our, new, that's our new website. Billy Zane could have totally played that role. All right. Now's when I start getting embarrassing. Mm, I'm excited. I'm just trying to figure out the right order here. Funny enough, my last two both have the same Metacritic score. They are both 40s. I think I'm going to actually do the slightly worse movie first. And then the one that will be my last will be more personally. How can you pick that movie, Jeremy? Okay. Okay? All right. I'm ready. Again, not sure if you've seen it. 1987. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I I don't, I don't have the date, but you know, it doesn't make a difference. You're, you're like, you're like born (laughs) (laughs) with a Metacritic score of 40. I actually thought this was earlier eighties than it is. Metacritic score 40 and Excel, Adjusted 55.1. The cast includes Robert Loggia. You know him? I do. Okay. And uh, an actor named David Mendenhall, who won not one, but two Razzies for his performance as worst actor and worst new coming actor or worst new star or something like that. Congratulations, David. Directed by Menahem Golan who on minor research was actually one of the, was a fighter pilot for the Israeli army back in the founding of Israel and then became a filmmaker. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Actually funny enough, him and his partner uh, did a lot of producing of of 80s action movies. You'd see uh, uh, Golan Globus on a lot of movies, but this is one of the, I mean, he directed a bunch. This is the best of the batch and it's terrible. Okay. So the five words, this is an instant, you know it or you don't. Turn my hat, become machine. No idea. If I were to put on a trucker's hat and visualize me turning my hat, as I say this line in sort of a throaty voice, would that help at all? Is any of this visual working for you, JT? Not even remotely. The movie is called Over the Top. Oh, this is the arm wrestling movie? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I've seen this. Yeah, so this is as dumb as they get. (laughs) There's a movie about rival truckers arm wrestling along with this sort of heartwarming tale of a trucker reacquainting with his son as the grandfather is attempting to take him away. There's class struggle. This is The funny thing is it actually has... Minus the arm wrestling. It actually has all <laughs> of the ingredients of a, of a really interesting film. But Minus the main plot point. <laughs> yeah. But instead it's about arm wrestling and it stars Sylvester Stallone. 
And I'm embarrassed to say I've seen this several times, probably a good dozen, same reasons as all the rest. I can remember the, when I turn my hat, I become a machine. Arnold, uh, not Arnold, sorry. Uh, sly quote that I can't can't do justice to. I remember a lot of the plot points of this one. I could have done a Would You Watch around uh, Over the Top. I can still picture in my head them arriving at the final championship throwdown for the arm wrestling. <laughs> I remember watching it and like the way he moved his hand and like the dramatic tension they tried to create and like, moving hands to sell arm wrestling and like at the time i don't think i'd even seen rocky but oh, wow. i saw i saw over the top and as a kid i loved it this is great oddly enough this movie had like a weird like like a revival like four or five years ago where all of a sudden people were like did you know there was a movie about arm wrestling and like it had like an internet minute for for like a minute basically uh, I have seen this maybe twice. Uh, I think once was like at my buddy's dorm in college and you can imagine what that probably viewing party looked like. I, I remember thinking it was ridiculous. I remember laughing and being like, this is stupid and fun. So I, I could see at a moment in time, based on where you were in your life, when this came out, I could see this being like a really fun movie. Did you have like a stint at arm wrestling? Were you really into it for a bit? Oh no, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a, pasty white Canadian Jewish guy. I don't know. There's, <laughs> I don't come from, there's no, there's no arm wrestling heritage anywhere, anywhere in my world. Uh, and, and as a teenager, I was fairly meek anyway. So I, but I saw this movie way too many times. I actually am just trying to figure out how it has a 40 on Metacritic. Given that, given Gosh. that as my new bar, Wall Street, which won an Academy Award has a 56. So right. this is only 16 below a Wall Street. It feels like it should be like a like a 60 below a Wall Street. Like if Wall, <laughs> yeah. if Wall Street's a 56, over the top should be a negative number. <laughs> and by the way, all I like I kind I I kind of want to watch it because I assume a it's gonna be awful, but I think I'd have a little bit of fun remembering it. Yeah, this would be a nostalgic yeah. one, I bet. Although it was funny, like in, when I was looking through the cast on IMDb and I found the kid, you can see, like, as soon as I saw the adult picture of him, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's definitely that guy all grown up. Like, you can see it instantly. <laughs> so. That's great. This is a very fun pick. That's a very fun pick. Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, I'm I'm just diving straight into embarrassing territory, but I'm going to do it with reckless abandon. So February 8th, 2008, with a 29 on Metacritic. Uh, I will give 29. you... Wait, did you say 2008? 2008. All right. Let's do Donald Sutherland and Kevin Hart. With Donald Sutherland, I'm like, is this is this like a Hunger Games movie? <laughs> no, it's not. It's too early for that, I think. And 2008 is after Italian Job. All right, Kevin Hart. I don't... Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, here's my five words: divorcing divers devise diabolical device. Divorcing divers. 
Is this that uh, married couples? Is that the one with Vince Vaughn? Like no, it's couples retreat. That would be a good yeah, that one. But it's not that one. No, no. I don't think I know this one. Okay, so uh, with Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson, this is Fool's Gold. Oh yeah, I I know the poster of this movie. That's about as far as I got. Okay, so this is this is terrible. This is this like has a, to be awful. Oh, Jeremy, I love this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Okay. This is like one of the most ridiculously predictable rom-coms of all time. There is nothing particularly interesting about the way they filmed this. The story's not particularly good. Uh, the, even the setting's not all that interesting. However, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson together are wonderful. They also did How to Lose a Guy in 10 Gays, Days, which is also very good. I would argue this one's better. Uh, both both horrible, by the way. But like this one's better. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many like failure to launch, whatever, rom com like, you know, Goose again. There's all these weird versions of this. There's a billion of these movies. This one for me has always stuck so strongly. I yeah. like it so – it's just like Matthew McConaughey is so – like talking about going full cage, he is full. He is all three all rights in this movie. He is all right, all right, all right. Like he's all the all rights in this. He's like just this like hapless diver whose gorgeous wife has given him all these opportunities to be better, and he can't be, and she doesn't love him. But then there's a treasure, and then there's Kevin, baby Kevin Hart, Malcolm Jamal Warner's in this movie. There's just like so much fun things happening if you remove yourself from requiring this being well done it's so good <laughs> i but like but it's guilty pleasure so you're not like jeremy you should probably go watch this you're like no no right. god it no. won't be good no. yeah yeah no like this is one of those things where i think if you watched it with me and enjoyed me watching it you'd like this movie but if you had to watch this on your own you would fall asleep or be like all right cool it's every rom-com i've ever seen maybe with an actor i like like that's the best that you could get out of this. Uh, for for some reason, like this is the guiltiest of pleasures. I couldn't even tell you why I like it so much. I just every time this this was like a USA TNT movie for a long time, and like to the point now where I could watch the Kayla and I would watch this if we really can't find something. This would be like just put on Fool's Gold. Everybody's happy. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. I'll take it. I, I I think there's always a time for a movie like that. Doesn't sound good. But it's I, not. I hear you. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's like bad. I'm okay with it. I just love it. I just love it. All right. So the next one, I, I'm just going to open before I say anything. Like, I enjoy this movie. I find it funny. Uh, well, we'll just go from there. So March 17th, 1989, Metacritic of 40, adjusted spreadsheet at 65.65. Okay. Starring or including Hal Holbrook, Arlie Army, who was uh, from Full Metal Jacket. The, okay. Uh, the, the sergeant guy. Yep. And Cleavon Little. Okay. Like okay. Blazing Saddles, Cleavon Little. Cleavon Little, yeah, all right. Yeah. And directed by Michael Ritchie. Oh, boy. No. Uh, okay. And the. The five words are not enough ball bearing quotes. I have no idea. 
No, I knew you wouldn't because that's that that's a clue for some of our listeners more than you. And right now they're like, Jeremy, don't tell us that's your fifth pick because it's so so not good. In so many ways, is it so not good? And I still wanted to put it here. The movie is called Fletch Lives. Fletch is a bad sequel. Yeah, no, Fletch. and you've mentioned how bad it is before. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. There's just I think it's it, I think it's one of those it's it, I don't even know if it's a phone in sequel because I didn't do enough research on it and I just don't care to. It it just makes me laugh. Maybe it's because I like the character and Chevy Chase's portrayal of him so much that I will watch an extra 90 minutes just to get more. I don't know. There's a couple of lines, including the one where he meets um, Cleavon Little, whose name is uh, Calculus, and he immediately introduces himself as uh, either Algebra or Trigonometry Jones or something like that. <laughs> there are just all these little moments. He plays this absurd preacher. It's all the same shtick as in Fletch, but with just a much, much worse plot, a much worse supporting cast. And I don't care, and I'll watch it, and I'll watch it again, and I've seen it in the past five years, and I know it's not good, and I know it's almost sacrilegious, but not like the way Caddyshack 2 is to Caddyshack, which is just utterly unwatchable. Fletchlips is a bad movie, but it's just watchable enough for, for I think, it, it, it doesn't stamp on the ashes of Fletch. It instead just sort of like, you can just sort of ignore it. You don't have doesn't there's there's no Fletch extended universe. You don't have to care about it. Right. So yeah, I, I like Fletch Lips. <laughs> <laughs> I like the it's rare that I wish that this was not just an auditory medium for people because nobody really needs to see us talking. I wish people could see the actual embarrassment on your face right now as you describe that, because I can see you struggling getting it out. <laughs> and it's it, it was down to this or one other one, and I realized that if I'm going to just embrace doing this podcast and embrace doing Guilty Pleasures and just, like, as they say, lean into it, this is unquestionably the worst one to choose. So there you have it. I love, I love it. I've never seen either, so I know that makes you very sad. I am excited to see this one a lot less than I am excited to see the first one, but good for you. I'm glad Pretty you got much. this out. After we've forced you to watch Fletch for like the dozenth or so time and you're able to like quote it properly and, and you know, fit into society, JT, after right. that, <laughs> after that, if you're like, all right, do you, do you guys think I should watch Fletch Lives now? The answer is going to be no, but maybe like, like five more times and then we'll be like, all right, let's watch this thing as sort of a drinking game or something. Fair enough. All right. It's a good pick. It's right on brand. And I'm, I'm glad that you got it off your chest. <laughs> yeah, it feels, you know, I feel, I feel a little freer. I feel like uh, it's not weighing me down as much now that it's out there. Good. Uh, all right. I'm going to go in a completely different direction for my last pick, but I'm, I, this one, I have actually gotten into genuine verbal arguments with friends of mine over this movie. So we'll see where you land on it. I think you'll be okay, but we'll see. December 13th, 1996, with a 52 on Metacritic. I actually have two movies from 96 in my little list here, but this is not one of them. Okay. okay. 
Let's give you Jim Brown and the last theatrically released movie that Michael J. Fox physically appeared in. This is, is it Doc Hollywood? Nope. Okay. Five words, more A-list than aliens. Like Space Jam? Nope. More A-list than aliens. Mars Attacks? Yes. Yes. Ooh, this is an interesting pick. <laughs> Before I, we get I love hate it. I love hate this movie, so go. So here's right. So this is like literally this when I tell you this has been a genuine discussion with friends of mine, it has been a genuine discussion. Before I do anything else, I want to read through go ahead. What's up? I just want to say this is a great pick for that reason. Like I like it is a conversation starting movie to talk about. It's a great pick for that reason alone. Whether or not I'll agree or disagree or hate you for it, it's a great pick, JT. <laughs> okay, thanks. Uh, listen to this cast: Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox, Natalie Portman, Tom Jones, Jim Brown, Lucas Haas. There's more. The list goes on. But that's a, that's a good. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of impressive names for a movie that is pretty terrible. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Lucas Haas made the cut. Well, Lucas Haas made the cut because Lucas Haas and Natalie Portman dated for a long time, and that's what he's most famous for, I think, for the most part. I think the two of them together have as much body fat as I do. <laughs> That's a hilariously possible observation, actually. That might be true. <laughs> and you're a small person. For those of you who don't know, that's how small these two are. That's the joke. He's Jeremy Small. They're, they're tiny. They're tiny. tiny. They're tiny. Tiny, tiny. So here's the thing with this movie. I, like, I can't tell if it's really bad intentionally or if they thought it was good and was bad. Like, it always felt to me, this has been part of the argument. It felt to me like they knew what they were doing. And I watched the movie as though they knew what it was and that it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be clever or like pervasive. It was supposed to be like, this is kind of a joke, kind of. And it's ridiculous. And it's, it is ridiculous, by the way. Makes no sense at any point. There's like this dystopian future thing and then there's aliens. Uh, one of the, By the way, one of my favorite pieces of trivia from any movie ever is I th I quote the aliens in this movie often. Like if I get confused in life, I will just go act 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 because I don't know what else to do with my my brain. That was and really good. Thank you. It's been years of practice. Uh, the reason that it's there is because it was a placeholder in the script as act 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 a c a c a a c k a c k a c k. And by the time they got to actually filming it, that's what everybody was expecting to hear. And so they were like, well, we're going to put new stuff in. And literally all the actors were like, no, you're not. Ack. <laughs> like, I count, awesome. They were counting acts as like a, that's how I'm going to get into things. So now we have act, 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 act. Uh, that, that's I great just, trivia because it is actually one of the most endearing things of the movie. I agree. I agree. 
I don't know, man. I just, this cast is absurd. The movie's absurd. I have a lot. This is one of the very few movies in my life that I have people who I really, who I trust and like and like good movies. We have very similar tastes that hate, I, I mean, hate this movie, like hate it. And I've always been on the other side, which makes me feel like this is probably my ultimate guilty pleasure because the amount of people who really despise this and think it was like annoying and dumb and a waste. Dude, if this is on, I am in, I am laughing and I'm having a grand old time. I think you nailed everything about how you just said that. Like if you're, if, if you say to someone, I liked Mars attacks, they are going to have a reaction to it and it will likely be negative. Right. Yeah. My take. So I, I agree that they were doing, they knew what they were doing. And the reason I don't like this movie, but I accept your take on it. The reason I don't like this movie is I think they missed the mark as I think they were trying to do this satirical fifties era, you know, weird spoof of it's a spoof of a 50s era sci-fi film right yes it's a spoof of an old invaders from mars kind of thing and it's ridiculous nothing makes sense and my my beef with this is i don't think they nailed it i think they i think they missed the landing kind of thing like they they set up all the jokes right they do all the things right but like it just needed what it needed this movie is one of those like needed a quentin tarantino touch-up right before the end like the script just needed to be just tightened up in a few places or Chris McQuarrie or one of those kind of guys. Well, I totally respect that opinion, but like my, the reason I disagree with that take and have mine is because I think you're making a terrible mistake, assuming that there was a mark. I don't think they had a mark for, like you said, they missed the mark. There was no mark. I think the fact that there wasn't a mark was the mark. Like, I think they nailed it exactly the way the way they wanted to, which is by making a satire of what was basically a satire to begin with, although unbeknownst to the people making them in the 50s, which is why they were kind of like, yeah, whatever. And they just like had a good time. And it's like, it comes to resolution and you're like, really? Like none of it really ever landed, but I I feel like that was why it was fun. (laughs) Cause it was like, yeah, perfect. All of this continues to make no sense. It's not like it made no sense and they made it make sense. It just never made sense. No, it definitely never. Yeah, no, it makes no sense. I hear what you're saying. For me, it fits in that category of like you work with designers, right? And you know when sometimes you get a thing from a designer and and things don't line up quite right, and you're looking at you're like, look, you can't do that because they have to be it has to be more wrong. Like if you're gonna do like a staggered, <laughs> like a staggered kind of layout, and then two of the boxes accidentally perfectly aligned, you're like, no, that's no good. Or if they're off by like a pixel or two, it's no good. When they're off by like a box length, it's fine. I think this is in that category of I do. So I think we'll have to leave this as a disagree. I do think they were aiming at the target and I don't think that they, I I, I do think I agree with everything you just said, other than they were shooting for a specific type of comedy. And like, I don't feel like they really pulled it far enough or went too far. I don't really know because I'm not a comedic writer, but I think there was more potential here. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, no, I think you bring up an interesting point though, because I'll concede a little bit because if it's not absurd enough to make people think it's not being absurd, then I think your argument is valid, which is that if people, if people can watch it and not know that it's supposed to be absurd, then you haven't, you haven't Monty Python. Like you need to go further. Right. I thought it was, I always watched this as though it was far enough into the absurd where I wasn't expecting anything to be made sense of. But again, that's why it's a guilty pleasure of mine because like, I honestly think I'm probably 20 and you're 80. I think most people that saw this went, what just happened? 
I don't feel like I laughed enough. I don't feel like I learned anything. Nothing. They're just like people walk out of this like really just underwhelmed. I'm totally whelmed by this movie. I am whelmed <laughs> by this movie. Well said, buddy. All right, which means I think it's time for us to get into Contender Pong, which we will rip through. Uh, I did something weird that I just need to make sure you're prepared for because my first like nine, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight are all grouped together by a common theme. So you get to play two games. You get to play the what movie is this? And then eventually you'll get to probably pretty quickly pull on the thread as to why all these movies are also kind of the same movies. Okay. Do you want to do that all in one batch or you want to do normal Pong and see how it goes? No, let's do normal Pong. And then when you figure out what the theme is, which you'll get quickly, you'll be like, oh, this is the theme. And then we can just keep going. And so I'm assuming the way I should think about this, there's eight points to be had if I can get the theme within the first guess. And with every additional movie that comes in, I get one less point. Yes. Okay. And we also still are not scoring by any form of points. So, oh, great. Perfect. (laughs) First up for me. 1987, 27 on Metacritic, the 1980s movie version of Community. Uh, 1980s movie version of Community. 87, oh, I don't know. John Hughes film, but it's not. I don't know. What? Summer School. Mark Harmon and Kirstie Alley. Never saw it. Oh, hang on. Let me write that on the Would You Watch list right this moment. (laughs) Right this moment. C, yeah, never, C, C, C. I've seen it. Somebody knows what I was just doing. All right, go on. <laughs> okay. Uh, 1994 of 46, Ain't Farting on a Snare Drum. What year? 1994. Ain't Farting? Yep, Ain't Farting on Snare Drum. The only thing I can think of Snare Drum would be like Cool Runnings. No, it's not that. So this was, uh, I ain't farting on no snare drum, man. This is Airheads. With Brendan uh, Fraser? With Brendan Fraser, yeah. I don't know if I saw that one or not. That's What? I mean, it's not a good movie, buddy. No, it's terrible, but I feel like everybody saw that, especially like if you're, I okay. Have. I might have. Oh, all right, all right. I couldn't, I couldn't pull the snare drum quote. We'll put it that way. I might have. By the way, Summer School was a strong top five contender for me because it is bad, uh, but it wasn't as personal as some of the other ones. Okay. Next one that was also strong final contender, 1990, Metacritic score 46, Fighting Ultimate Alien Invader again. Aliens 2? I don't know. Uh, Predator 2. Oh. Oh, okay. Bad movie, but I I, I dig it. I, I've seen this movie a lot of times for some reason. I really liked it. I've probably actually seen it more times than the original. Not, not because it's better, because it's not. And I know that. But I, but I saw it way too many times. I totally dig it. Okay. Uh, let's do 1999. It was a 41 on Metacritic. Easiest kidnapping of all time. Is it that Alicia Silverstone movie that we chatted about last week? <laughs> No, no. What you got? This is Big Daddy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not good. 1986, a Metacritic of 24. But this is definitely in the cult cult favorites, so it's not embarrassing at all, unless you're just talking about critics. 
There can be only one. Wait, what year is this? 86. Oh, man. I feel like I'm just really getting 80 out this year. I don't know. Highlander. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. See, that for me was a cult classic. I'm like, even though the the critics hate that, I feel like that's like a a cult thing. But that's fair. It's more of that the Metacritic is a 24. Like really low. A cult classic at that bottom. Like, that's low even even for cult classics. True story. Uh, Okay, (laughs) let's do... 1999, no, 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 let's do 95, 16, 1, 6 on Metacritic. Horrible Son Wrongfully Wins Company. Yeah, I have this here. Uh, Spoiled Kid Disrupts Planned Succession. Which is? Billy Madison. Billy Madison, yep. Yeah. 2013, oh, I didn't write down the Metacritic, but let's just assume 50s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding Crashers Google the Google. Oh, uh, I don't remember the name of this, but this is the internship. Is it the internship? Yes, it okay, is. Okay, with yeah, with Wedding Crasher guys, with with Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. I don't know. This is probably my uh, the uh, the full fool's gold thing for me. This is a modern comedy that, for some reason, I actually do quote. I find it funnier than most do. I don't care that it is an ad for the, for the Google. They talk like I I I love it. I don't know why. It's silly. It's it might be my favorite after Swingers Vince Vaughn performance. Uh, perfect. I love that. Uh, okay, let's do 2004 with a 48 percent. Constantly reliving your favorite vacation. Fifty first dates. Yes. It's not that bad. Although I only saw it like once or twice. No, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Okay. Do you have a get? You 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 see the thread now, right? What was the very first one again? Airheads. Big Daddy. Are they all movies from SNL alum? Well, technically, yes. Is it is it all are they all Adam Sandler movies? You're just playing Sandler Pong at this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't I don't remember I didn't remember that he was in Airheads, otherwise that would be my first guess. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 1991, Metacritic of 52, Hero Fights One Armed Pirate. Hook? Yes. Love that movie. That's that Metacritic's too low. No, it's not. It's not. It's it's not a good movie, dude. I I enjoy it. I have tons of fondness for it, but it's actually pretty mediocre. I was going to make a Tink reference in my, uh, I was going to do Worst Fairy of All Time. Yeah. Um, But like that alone, that part's pretty bad. A lot of the stuff that happens in in the Neverland just makes no sense. Even like from a storytelling, it's not well done. I love it. Yeah. And it's not, it's not good. Okay. Fair. Uh, all right. So now let's do uh 2011, a 33% finding true love on vacation. Well, now you're in the territory of Sandler movies. I don't even know what they're called anymore. So Adam Sandler, wait, uh, I'm just gonna make stuff up. Uh, beach date. This one's called just go with it. Your turn. All right. <laughs> 1996. I'm sorry, 2000, Metacritic of 52. These are not Spirit Fingers. Oh, Spirit Fingers, 2002. Was that, is that the Will Ferrell uh, Spartans thing? No. 2002, Bring It On? Yes, I love Bring, Bring It On. on. Bring It On's a great movie. I almost had that, but I, I remember thinking that I've talked about it before, I think, so I didn't do it. But yeah. We haven't talked about it much. It's like, this is also in that category where it's like, 
like here we are two 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 middle-aged guys being like oh, i love bring it on yeah yeah the ranch yeah. carne yeah i'm all for that movie it's a great movie uh all right so 2010 with a 30 filming your friends on vacation <laughs> mm, we're gonna call this one <laughs> ocean fools paradise this, this one was grown-ups but yeah okay okay you're right yeah yeah 1996, Metacritic of a mere 58, though hint is that we both like this movie. Carla was the prom queen. Oh, The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Carla Yeah, Carla was the prom. The prom yeah, that's great. Uh, this will be my last in Sandler Pong. 2014, 31%. Forced divorce dating on vacation. Click. No, I left click off because I actually hated that movie. This is blended. I just like the idea that he's just him and his buddies on vacation all the time. He's like, we're going to make a movie in Hawaii. We're going to make another movie in Hawaii. This time we're going to rent a beautiful lake house on Lake Lake Winnipanaki. Let's have a good time, guys. It's great. Adam Sandler is living the best life. Absolutely. The best, dude. He's the best. Love that guy. Love him. Yeah, if he were to be like, hey, Hey, I heard your podcast. You guys want to come do a movie with me? I'm going to make you act. I'd be like, yes. Yeah, of course. Done. All right. 1985, Metacritic of a 30. Life lesson, leave unicorns alone. I don't know. It's called Legend. I don't know if you've seen it or not. With Tom Never Cruise. even heard of it. No. Well, then. Excuse me while I write this down. <laughs> uh, all right. While you write that down, I will do... 1988 with a 29, MMA before MMA, Crane style. Crane style? Are you going to say Karate Kid? No. Karate Kid 2. No. no. Is this Bloodsport? Yeah. Yeah, Bloodsport should have been on the list. That's a good choice. Bloodsport, yeah. I oh, I could have almost even considered top top. I guys. love this. This yeah. is a – because so I wanted to get the Sandler stuff out of the way because I realized – as I was thinking of Sandler, all those movies are terrible, but I do actually like them. Like those are really good. Like, you know, again, like Sunday night, rainy movie. Oh, this is fun. We'll watch Blood and again, even though it's trash. Like it's fun. Bloodsport's yeah. a movie I actually love, even though it's it's a bummer. Everything about it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Love every second of it. What's that guy? Um Bolo. Yeah. <laughs> Bolo. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. All right. I was at Legend. All right, 2010. I know this movie you don't like, but I do, and uh, and it's 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 definitely guilty pleasure. Metacritic score of forty seven, one million bullets, zero casualties. In two thousand ten, one million bullets and zero casualties. Uh, it feels like it should be a Star Wars thing, but it's not. Just because I'm thinking of Stormtroopers, but I have no idea what this is. The A Team. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I just wish they did it better. But yes, a million bullets. That's a great description, by the way. It's a very accurate description. What you should have said is they're trying. No, they're flying the tank is what, is what I would have. I, I originally had a flying tank thing and I was like, nah, I want to go a different direction with this one. <laughs> yeah. That, by the way, even though it's not a great movie, is a great line. What are they doing? They're trying to fly the tank. Uh, 1985 with a 39 board game gone bonkers. Many endings. Clue. Yeah, this was more of a shout out to Kayla. And I also think it's a bad movie, but this is cult-ish. But with a 39, I was like, nah, it's low. So I'll throw it on. Yeah, she loves this movie, I heard. She does. <laughs> 1985 also, with a Metacritic score of 22. Oh, jeez. I'm glad I'm not sick. 85? Glad I'm That's not sick. That's a quote sick. from the movie. I don't even know if you've seen it. Uh, no idea. 
The original one, I had this in Pong before, the last time I said The Road to Dushanbe. Not ringing a bell. Spies Like Us. Yeah, right. Seen it, but like not enough to quote. So fair enough. Love it. Uh, well, listen, I have a lot of friends that do. Most of my friends who are your age love, like, love that. Absolutely, like, love that movie. Emmett Fitzhume. Go on. <laughs> Uh, 2006 with a 46 famously or famous book famously casted away cast away oh but that's it's a good hint though famous book famous book famously casted is it famously casted away or is it famously casted away both (laughs) what year (laughs) 2006 2006. I'm assuming now it's Tom Hanks is in this movie. Yes. But it's not very good. No. Oh, is it uh um is it North? Nope. Then I'm I uh, what's what is it? It's the Da Vinci Code. Oh, yeah, that was not a good movie. I like it. I actually really like this movie. It's, it's a bad movie. It's a great yeah. book, by the way. I mean, Dan Brown does great work, blah blah blah, whatever. But like I actually really did enjoy the movie. I thought they did a good job. Okay. 1997, Metacritic score of 51. Fascists kill all the bugs. Men in Black? Starship Troopers. Oh, so I have a weird thing. I've never actually seen the whole movie all the way through. Because you didn't like it or you got scared? (laughs) (laughs) You were like seven. No, I wasn't. 97, I was 12. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. I just I've seen it like in parts, and I've just it's never grabbed me for any wow. particular reason. Yeah, I know. I would have assumed twelve year old you would have been like eating it up. All my buddies loved it, and I was just like, I don't care. I just didn't care. I wanted to go. By the way, though, I it was six words, but I, what I wanted to do was had. Uh, would you like to know more? Because that's the that's the recurring thing. All yeah. right, what's up next? I think you might fight me on this one. Eighty six with a fifty two. Cowboy, lady with a purse. Cowboy, lady with a purse. City slickers? Close. In a lot of weird ways, you're close. Three amigos. Um, I, are you trying? What? I, are you attempting to tell me it's not a good movie? Uh, I, I <laughs> okay. mean, listen. Okay, fine. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, it's almost rated as high as Wall Street. <laughs> well, then it could have won an Academy Award. It could have. It could have. Oh, it's so hard to think about that as not a good movie. I can't. It, I know. Fine, it's in my list too then instantly. Done. Well, yeah. that's why I was like, I don't know if you're going to fight me on this because I feel like you and I both obviously think very highly of this movie. But like if you like zoom out a little bit, it's pretty trash. Like it's not particularly yeah. good. It's Seven Samurai. Worse. Samurai. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 2001 Metacritic score 59. Sorority girl outlearns elitist boyfriend. Ooh, I feel like this is a really good hint. And I'm, oh no. Sorority girl outlearns. So this, it's not, is this legally blonde? It is. All right, cool. That's good. That's a good one. I don't, I don't particularly like that movie, but I like that as a guilty pleasure. Uh, 2001 with a 52 discovered royalty fixes eyebrows. Hair. Is this King Ralph? 
No, I, I knew you were going to say King Ralph, though. It's 2001, though. So this is the Princess Diaries. It's basically just the, the oh. an updated version of that same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, 1998, Metacritic scored a 42. Got the world's best drillers. <laughs> Armageddon? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So why, why, did they, why didn't you just get... Why don't you just train the astronauts how to drill? Can't do it, buddy. Just watch the movie. Uh, 2004 with a 45, Chasing Love Overseas, Overdone. I doubt you've seen this movie. No idea. Uh, this was Eurotrip? Oh, I did see this, but like, I don't Loved remember it. in the slightest. Yeah. Love this movie. 1988 with a Metacritic of 47, Halflings, Precious, Swordsman, Trolls, 80s. Halflings, Precious, I don't know. Willow. See, okay, I don't remember them being Halflings. That would have been my guess. Mad Mordigan's one of the, like one of the great characters of the 1980s, in my opinion. For sure. Uh, okay. But it's not a good movie. But uh, was so, And actually, having recently rewatched it, I'm, my lack of realization of how much of a Lord of the Rings ripoff it was at the time but you know they're making a series out of it on Disney Plus, which I'm actually really looking forward to. That that's a movie that I because my sister and I love that movie. Like wore out VHS tapes as kids, and like that's a movie where I wish I'm so happy they're going to do something now because you could do so much with that storyline now. Like yes. just from a CGI graphically like video production standpoint, it'll be so much fun. And try to make it not an exact copy of Lord of the Rings, but not as good. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's do 2002 with a 51. Courier creates chaos carrying cargo. Ace Ventura Pet Detective? No, but that's fun. I thought about having that on the list. This is The Transporter. Oh, yeah. Not good, but fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real bad movie. Like that movie. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, 1986, Metacritic of 49. Extreme Makeover Home Edition Failure. Oh, this is the house movie with Tom Hanks. It is. It's called The Money Pit. Money Pit. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen that. Uh, all right. Let's do 1993, 60%. Feel Rhythm. Feel Rhyme. Cool Runnings. Yeah. I love that movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You dead? Uh, what's the? Santa. You dead, Santa. man. You dead, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to put one on put one here that almost made my top five again. I sort of I sort of dropped these throughout. Uh, ni- 1987, Metacritic 48. Donkey takes on Drago's wife. Wait, what? So it's Eddie Murphy taking on somebody. I can't think of who yet. I know I know the reference you're saying, but I can't see the person. What What's the what year? It's 87. Drago's wife. Who is Drago's wife? Who did he take on? Uh, it couldn't have been coming to America. It wouldn't have been trading um, places. Nothing embarrassing about either of those two. That's why I'm confused. I'm trying to think of what what bad movie did Eddie Murphy make? Dolomite was like in the set was like way way before that. This would be. You want the answer? Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop Two. Oh, the second one. It's it's granted. I haven't watched oh. it in a long time. I remember I loved it when I was younger. I don't think it holds up. And my hunch is it's actually really one of those like phone in kind of sequels. But all of my memory of it is none of that. All of my memory of it is this is almost as good as the original. And it has a great quote with Chris Rock. Like, 
There's Chris Rock as a uh, what's a driving thing when you park a valet. Chauffeur. He's like, I got Mercedes, I got BMWs, and and Eddie Murphy's driving up in like a cement truck. He's like, what am I supposed to do with with this thing? You know, with curse words. And uh, Eddie Murphy's like, I don't know, park it next to one of those Mercedes and throws him the keys. That's one of my favorite little moments. Uh, I don't remember this being bad, but I'm sure it probably is. So that's fair. 48 Metacritic, buddy. Can't be good. Bad. Uh, okay, let's do 1998 with a 60%. Never touch these certain radios. What year? 1998. Never touch these radios? Never touch these certain radios. Is it frequency? No, you're, you're, it's a, I'm trying to give you a quote without giving you the quote. This is rush hour. <laughs> oh. Don't you ever. Ever, 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 ever. Chris Tucker. Love him. It's not bad. It's not bad. Thanks. Uh, 1985, Metacritic 51, I Want My $2. No idea. This isn't your wheelhouse. It's better off dead. Yeah, no. I, I know it's a movie, but... God, JT. Uh, let's do... See, this one... Eh, whatever. 75, 1975 with a 65%. A Doctor Dances Problems Away. 1975? Yeah. It's... It's not Greece, which has dancing. Of course it's not. I don't know. So this is a cult classic, but it also is kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, just because I have some like nostalgic like friends who are really into Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, it's Rocky Horror. Right, right, right. I thought that was earlier, to be honest. I thought that was like 71, 72. It's possible I wrote it down wrong, but I'm, I thought no, I was 75. You're, yeah, you're probably right. That was just memory talking. All right, 2001, Metacritic of 56. Moulin Rouge, but with jousting. Is this a Knight's Tale? Yes. Oh, okay. So I have, this is the only one that I let crack. So 1999, 70%, Teen Meets Knight and Shining. 95? No, 99. What is that? So this is 10 Things I Hate About You. So I wanted to get one of the two Heath Ledgers in, but I liked this movie so much more. And it really is like, this is a true guilty pleasure of mine. This is a very generational thing. This movie was huge. So I wanted to make a play on The Knight's Tale with Paul Bettany, by the way, a great performance by Paul Bettany in Knight's Tale. Uh, Okay, so that's back to you now. Uh, 1984, Metacritic score 41. Keystone Cops in the 80s. Keystone Cops, I don't know. Miami Vice was a show. Sure. A- this should have been like unbelievably had unbelievably had five sequels. So oh, that's only four words. Mm. Oh, is 84? This can't be uh, Murtaugh and Riggs, can it? No, no, no. That's a lethal weapon. This is Police Academy. Oh, my God. They had more than five sequels, bro. I think there's like 100 of those movies. Could be. Uh, that's that's a good pick. Oh, the original one's a lot of fun. I didn't think of that. That's good. Uh, all way, right, let's. I, I have a whole plan for how to reboot Police Academy as a franchise, so we can talk about that another time. Yeah, save it for another cast. That's perfect. Okay. All right, let's do 1997, 52 percent Lilo Dallas Multipass. What was that? I don't know. What did you just say? Lilo Dallas Multipass. You're quoting something that I won't. That, that's not coming to mind. What is it? This is the fifth element, which I absolutely oh. love. No, it's a fun movie. Um, 1996, Rotten Tomatoes of 43, because there's, for some reason, no Metacritic score for it. Four Keatons and the McDowell. Multiplicity. I love yeah. that movie. 
Same. Oh, dude, that's such a good one. I totally forgot to even look that up because in my head, that's a really good movie, which it's definitely not. <laughs> oh, I forgot all about that terrible, terrible piece of cinema. That's great. Okay, Steve. Uh, I like pizza, Steve. Uh, you couldn't make that movie today. Uh, let's do – this will be my last one. So 1998 with a 16%, which is the lowest that I have. But I'm Cuban, B. What year? Ah, uh, yes. Cuban B. This is 1998. I don't know. No this idea. is half-baked. Half oh, I only saw that the once, so <laughs> can't quote it. Oh, I can quote it. I can quote it a lot. <laughs> I got three left. I'll do them in descending order of uh, review. Nine, okay. eight, 1983, Metacritic score of 50. Rosencrans and Gilderstern are Canadian. Strange Brew? Yes. Hey, your hoser. <laughs> that, that is, by the way, my favorite five word of recent memory because it's so apropos to what the movie actually is. Um, 87, Metacritic 45. Teen saves tweens in Manhattan. 85? 87. 87. I have no idea. Adventures in Babysitting. Only seen it once. Yeah, I saw it several times. Kind of liked it. Yeah, fair. Last one, 91. Again, Rotten Tomatoes instead of Metacritic. Rotten Tomatoes, though, of 17%. Al Bundy's a good stepdad. What did Ed O'Neill do? where he was an actor other than sitcoms. I only thing I could think of him in was another movie from my childhood where he was a football coach for little in little giants. I have no idea what this is. Movie's called Dutch. It was actually written by John Hughes. It's, it's him uh, sort of adopting, not adopting. He's like the stepdad or something for Ethan Embry, a baby, baby, literally baby Ethan Embry. I, I really liked this movie and it's got a terrible reviews and I just thought it was a very heartwarming kind of movie that if you like Ed O'Neill, I think you're going to have to like the movie. If you don't, it's probably just as bad as the reviews are. <laughs> totally fair. All right. Uh, that was a lot of contenders. This was a lot of fun. I absolutely love this list. Uh, next week is your turn, Jeremy. What do you got? All right. Are you ready? Ready. I, I've come to realize that part of what makes our, our list so much fun, JT, is when you add an adjective to something. Love a good adjective. Because it's easy to have like, and we did this as one of our, I think the very first one we did, top five sports movies. It's an, I mean, it's a contentious list, but it's, a, it's an easy kind of category. So what if we were to do top five funniest villains? Yup. Yeah. I'm into that. We can do I'm totally that. into that. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Top five funniest villains. And uh, for all I know, you know, one of them might be uh, might be defeated by a humble mop. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why, but I really like mop for some reason. It's been a it's lot a of fun, fun word today. to say. Mop. Yeah. Mop. Well, mop.